and introverts, welcome back to the You're So Quiet podcast, or welcome if you're joining for the very first time. It feels like I have not spoken to you guys in like 100,000 years, and I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back. I took some time off in the season break. I'd planned to come back the beginning of January, but something told me just to take a little bit of extra time, and I'm glad I did. I took some extra time and now here we are, middle of February, I'm back, I'm ready to go, ready to talk to you guys. And if you're new around here, because I know during the break I actually got a lot of new followers, I just want to give you like a quick little overview of what the podcast is, which is a podcast by an introvert, me, for introverts, potentially you. Extroverts are also welcome, but introverts are, you know, given priority. And what we talk about is all the things that we just kind of keep to ourselves. And for me, that's almost everything. I'm not confrontational. I don't really like making a scene. I don't like to be the center of attention. So this podcast is like where I talk about all the opinions that I kind of just keep to myself in everyday life, which is ironic because I end up talking about it in everyday life anyway. Like there's literally nothing more embarrassing to me than when someone's like, oh my gosh, you talked about this on the podcast. Let's talk about it. Like, uh, no, you're not supposed to perceive me on the podcast. Like that is a completely different person than the person you see before me, before you, sorry, in everyday life. Um, so stop, look away, turn away. Don't do this to me. This week on the podcast, we're going to talk about loving yourself And I know that like the self-love movement is like this whole thing and it's kind of overdone, but I feel like it's really important to talk about, especially around Valentine's Day, because Valentine's Day is very much surrounded by the love that you experience with a partner. And if you don't have a partner who buys you heart-shaped things or like gigantic teddy bears, then you are less valuable in society as a person. So we're going to put that aside and we're going to talk about all the different ways that you can show yourself love, that you can build love for yourself, that you can foster a self-love practice. Something that I'm really focusing on this year and something I want to share with you guys. But first, as always, we are going to do our customary mental health check. You're going to rate your mental health from one to five, one being horrible, five being amazing. Today, I'm probably at about a four. A lot has happened in the last few months, and I'm not going to get into every little detail. We will have an introverted chat at the end of every month. So at the end of February, we will have one and we'll kind of do a deeper dive on all the craziness that has happened, but a brief overview of what's been going on with me and why I'm sitting at about a four. First thing is that my car is fixed. If you remember before the break, I got in a car accident, my very first one ever. It was terrible, horrible, very traumatic, Um, but I was okay. Everyone was okay. No one was actually injured. The car is fixed. It does have a little bit of character now, the things that we have to bring it back to the repair shop and have them fix, but it, it works just fine. And um, I'm back to driving, so that's good. I'm counting that as a win for me. Uh, I'm on new medication for my vestibular migraine. I'm only on day two and it does make me tired and that is the most noticeable side effect. I will tell you that and I'll give you more about that at the end of this month. 
I have been journaling. I got this new journaling app and I feel like it's been really helpful because I've been able to put um, like photos in my journal entries. I've been doing it on my iPad, which has been really nice for being able to document things that are really good as well. I feel like for my journaling in the past, I think it's great to journal when you're upset and stuff, like it helps you feel better. But then looking back at your journals, you're like, oh my god, my life was horrible. And it's like, that's not the case. I have so many good memories, especially over the past few months, that I want to remember looking back at past journal entries. So I've been trying to focus on not only journaling when I'm upset, but journaling just as a daily practice and to look back on good things that I've done as well. Um, next, I have been hanging out with friends that make me feel seen and heard and like fill up my energy, which if you've been a long-time listener is something that I've kind of struggled with. And I think that's because I struggle with like setting boundaries and stuff with my friends and with keeping people around who maybe just don't fit into my life. So I've been very intentional with who I have allowed to stay in my life and it has been incredible the change that I've seen in myself and in my surroundings and how I generally feel as a person just now that I've been so selective. So highly, highly recommend that. And finally, I am vegetarian now. Uh, if you would have asked me two months ago, will you ever be vegetarian? I would have said absolutely not. But unfortunately, I did watch a documentary on Netflix and that is, that's what gets me every time. Every time. I forget what this one is called. Mm, you Are What You Eat. It's called You Are What You Eat and it talks about like an omnivore diet versus a vegetarian diet and I'm just like, you know what, let me just try a vegetarian diet. Like, let's not make it this thing of I'm going to be vegetarian now or I'm going to be vegan now and like it's going to change my life. I'm like, let me just try to eat less meat because I, I eat a lot of meat. I eat out a lot. Uh, my body doesn't feel very good. I want to get back into my fitness era. I want to feel good in my body. And that's really what I want to focus on this year. It's like the year of me. I want to focus on my health and wellness and my self-love and self-care and things like that. And one of the things I wanted to try was vegetarianism. I do still eat dairy. I do still eat eggs. I just don't eat meat. And I've done it for about a month at this point. And it wasn't like a New Year's resolution or anything. It just so happened that the last time I had meat was, I think, New Year's Day. So it's actually been, it's been great for me. I had meat recently, a few days ago, and it actually made me like feel sick. So I'm like, hmm, maybe my body like functions better on a vegetarian diet. So I'm just going to keep doing that. I am not putting any focus on like weight loss or anything like that, just like how I feel. And honestly, it has been an incredible thing for my mental health to try a diet not like for diet's sake, you know, like not to buy into diet culture and oh, I need to fit into these pants or this dress or what. No, it's just like, how can I make my body feel the best that it has felt? 
and just try something new and stick with it. And honestly, it's working for me. So yeah, that's my mental health check. All of this stuff has happened and more. It's It's been a wild ride, but I'm sitting at about a four with my mental health. Don't forget that this is also your time to check in with yourself, rate your mental health from one to five. Again, one horrible, five amazing. And just be honest with yourself. If you're feeling horrible, feel horrible. It's okay. It's okay to feel horrible sometimes. If you're feeling amazing and you feel like you shouldn't be, don't judge yourself. Just feel how you're feeling. I know it's much easier said than done, but I think that the more we get into the habit of it, the easier it will become. While you're thinking about that, I'm going to get into a newish segment, which is going to replace my recommendations. I used to give you recommendations of the week, and now I want to give you loves and hates of the week. Because, yes, there are things that I'm going to still recommend to you every week. However, every week, every week, every week, am I okay? (laughs) Every week, there are things that I hate, things that bother me. And I want to feel empowered to rant about those things. So we're going to talk about some of those today. First thing that I'm loving is Love is Blind Sweden. I watched the whole series. I, it is dubbed, by the way, and that's, it's one of the things, we're going to get into it in a second. I'm very glad that it's dubbed. Hint, hint. It was actually a very good Love is Blind season. Um, you have people you love, you have people you really don't like, you have train wrecks, you have people that you're like, oh my god, like, are you really, are you really in a relationship? Like, is this really happening? Um, it was a very good season. Coming from someone who binges all the Love is Blind, Ultimatum, like, all the Netflix, what am I saying? Relationship reality shows. I love all of those, and Sweden was actually a really good one. I've tried Japan in the past, wasn't a fan. I tried Brazil, wasn't a fan of that either, but Sweden, for some reason, I really liked it. I thought that the people were actually very likable, and I think that's why I liked it so much. Uh, Which brings me to my first hate, and that is shows that are not dubbed. And you're like, oh, but Love is Blind Sweden was dubbed. Like, why Why are you thinking about this? I'm thinking about this because the whole show is dubbed, right? And they released the reunion show. And the reunion show is not dubbed, okay? I understand that being unwilling to read subtitles probably makes me uncultured. I don't care. I don't care. I don't want to read when I'm watching TV. I love to read. One of my loves for this week is a book. I love to read. But when I'm watching TV, I want to watch TV, you know? I want to separate these things. If I wanted to read a book, I would go read a book, okay? And what what irks me also is just the lack of consistency, you know? You dubbed the whole show, but not the reunion. Really? Really? You, you didn't dub the reunion? Now, I thought maybe they didn't dub the reunion because they're like, oh, maybe the reunion came out later than the show. And like, I'm certain that that's true because I think the reunion's like a year after, typically. I didn't actually watch the reunion because it wasn't dubbed, okay? But I know it comes out later. 
even so, how much later, how much time is there between when the reunion is recorded to when it airs on Netflix? That's what I would like to know. It is not a live reunion, okay? We know this for certain, okay? It is not. It is not. I know they like to pretend that it's live because they show you, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff. They show you all the cameras. It's not live. So just dub it. Just dub it. You already have the voice actors on contract. Like, just do one more hour with each of the voice actors. I don't... It's not that hard. I... I was... I was... I was very disappointed. I was very disappointed, suffice to say. And yes, and I do, again, understand that it probably makes me uncultured, but it is the lack of consistency. It's like you dubbed the show because you knew that I wasn't going to watch it if it wasn't dubbed, but you didn't dub the reunion show because you thought that you got me by that point. And you're like, oh, I don't have to do it now. Like, they're already invested. I don't have to dub the reunion show. How dare you? How dare you? Okay? I don't like that. I, I hate that this week. The next thing I love this week is Evil Eye by it Etaf Rum. I'm probably saying her name wrong. E-T-A-F-R-U-M is the author. This book was incredible. Okay? Books do not make me feel stuff, generally speaking. This book was heartbreakingly sad and not like oh I have tears streaming down my face or anything like that but it was about a woman she's Palestinian she got married young to this man that she'd only met twice she had the children she did end up going to grad school because she wanted to have her own career but now she feels like she's stuck in the cultural expectations of her and her marital expectations and she's not happy it also talks about the the lack of discussion of mental illness in ethnic groups and i thought that this was very interesting because although i don't necessarily fall into an ethnic group i experienced that also growing up surrounding mental illness like i should have been treated for mental illness at many points in my childhood but I was not because, like, this isn't something that we talk about. This is something that we just deal with and we're more concerned about what will people think versus how can we help this person feel better. So I, I loved this book. It was, it was really sad. It was a really heavy book. Um, it does have an empowering ending. If you need like a little light at the tunnel, I will not tell you what the ending is, but it is empowering. I 100% recommend this. If you are looking for something that is dark yet somehow uplifting, I felt like this book made me feel seen in a lot of ways. Not only with my experience with mental illness growing up, but my experience with doing things that are expected of me. When I was younger, I was a nursing major, I was a pre-med major, and although I could have done these things, they weren't my passion, and I only did them because it's what was expected of me at the time. And eventually, I got to a point of, I'm not going to do this thing that's expected of me because I'm not going to be happy here. 
I could be a doctor, I could be a nurse, but it's not going to make me happy. And if I'm not happy doing something, like, although I could do it, I'm not going to be the best in that field. You know what I mean? So this book, Evil Eye, really made me feel seen in that. And it's, it's not often that I see myself in a character. And I really, I really enjoyed that. So I highly, highly recommend that book. And the final thing I hate for this week is the new Microsoft Word font. I'm a writer, okay? We just talked about changing my major to something that I was actually passionate about, which was English, in case I didn't say that. I have a thing about fonts, okay? I think the ugliest font on earth is Times New Roman. I think it is hideous. I think that the new Microsoft Word font, like the default font, I think it's called Aptos. It used to be Calibri. Calibri's fine. I used to just like leave it as that. Didn't bother me. It was a very neutral font. Aptos, I hate it. Okay. It looks like if you've ever seen, what's it called? There, it's a specific font for people with dyslexia. So it actually might be very helpful for someone with dyslexia. I do not have dyslexia. So reading this font is, is a little tricky for me. And this is bothersome, particularly because of my vestibular condition that I have going on right now, because there are certain lights that bother me, certain screens that bother me, certain videos that bother me, and this font, if I look at it a certain way, it bothers me. And I feel like I'm going to go into an episode when I look at this font sometimes. So... Um, I, I do have to say I'm not a fan. I don't know who chose it. Uh, I would like to, I would like to tell them that I, I don't like it. On that note, let's get into the episode for this week, which is talking about self-love and loving yourself. Again, Valentine's Day right around the corner. You have been oh, I don't know what the word is, inundated is probably the best word, inundated with advertisements and slogans and images and aisles that are pink and red full of what people should be buying you on Valentine's Day and what your Valentine's Day should look like if you are a successful person. And I say it that way because the the implication is that if I am not receiving a teddy bear that is quite literally as tall as me, it must be because the person I'm with does not love me very much or because I don't have someone to be with and therefore I'm not worthy of love. Okay, so I want to really abandon that mindset. I personally, I'm not really a Valentine's Day type of gal. I want to know that you love me 365 days a year, not just on February the 14th, okay? So that's how I try to behave in my relationships and that's how I try to cultivate my relationships. And my husband's the exact same way, so it's actually perfect. 
but I want to help cultivate that in you as well, particularly like within yourself and not necessarily within your relationship. I'm not sure how to say this. The relationship you have with yourself is the longest one you're going to have, okay? It's the only one you're going to have your entire life. Even if you got married at 18 and you guys are married for a hundred thousand years and die on the exact same day, you were still in a relationship with yourself from ages zero to 18 before you ever knew this other person, right? So, I don't want to say like relationships come and go because that's, (laughs) that was my first, my first thought, but that's not necessarily what I mean. But, I mean, they do have a certain ebb and flow to them, you know? Sometimes you're going to be all over each other and sometimes you're going to be a little bit more distant. But I think the thing that should be the most consistent in your life is the relationship with yourself. So let's talk about some ways that we can cultivate this kind of loving relationship with ourselves. And the first thing and something that I have been really working on the past, probably the past few weeks, really heavily, is being fully delusional in your self-talk. And what I mean by this is not, not like lying to yourself, okay? But when I am putting on an outfit, historically, I am looking for the thing in the outfit that doesn't work, okay? Do the shoes not work? Do the pants not fit? Is the shirt too tight? Is the jacket too big? Like, what, what's not working in this, in this particular outfit? But now I'll put on an outfit. I'll be like, okay, I like how it feels. And then I'll look at myself in the, in the mirror and be like, oh my God, I look so hot. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, who is she? You know what I mean? Like you have that like feeling of confidence in yourself because you say that to yourself versus saying, oh my God, I look so fat or I look so ugly or I look so unkempt or homely or whatever adjective you use to describe yourself when you're talking down to yourself. Use something that you would describe someone positively, whether that's hot, beautiful, stunning, gorgeous, athletic, tall, goddess-like, whatever it is. Pick something, okay, and say that to yourself. When you're getting ready, oh my god, I look so good. My makeup looks incredible. This outfit is giving. Like, what, whatever you have to do. I don't care if you sound like an 11-year-old on TikTok, okay? I want you to speak to yourself like you are hyping up your best friend, okay? Because you are your best friend right now. Yes, you are your best friend. Next, I want you to move your body in a way that feels good and that you actually want to, okay? If you don't like lifting weights, don't lift weights. Don't be like, oh, but I want the body from lifting. Okay, but every time you lift weights, you're like punishing yourself, okay? It feels like a punishment because you do not like it. And there are other things that you can do to be like crazy strong. I'm doing aerial silks right now. Aerial silks are really hard. It is bananas how hard it is to hold up my own body weight. My own body weight for for hours at a time? Are you kidding me? You can get really, really strong with that. You can run. 
you can jog, you can walk, you can do yoga, you can swim. There's so many things that you can try and find things that you actually like. I don't want your exercise time to feel like a punishment because to me that does not cultivate self-love at all, okay? I am working to get into my fitness era again. Um, I hadn't worked out for the longest because of my health and I'm getting back into it and I'm having to be very understanding with myself because I'm not as strong as I used to be. I don't have the same endurance that I used to have and it's difficult because I'm comparing me to past me and I'm like, oh my god, you should be better than this. But I'm like, pause. Let me do something I actually want to do today. What workout do I want to do today? Genuinely. Do I want to lift something heavy? Okay, great. I'll do that. Do I want to sprint? Awesome. I'll do that. Yoga? Great. Aerial silks? Got it. Do I want to go to a bar class? Great. Spin class? Let's do it. Walk? Great. Rest? Awesome. But I'm actually asking myself, like, what do we want to do today? Like, we're going to move our body. Okay, we're going to do a thing. And that's a non-negotiable, but we get to choose what we want to do. So I want you to do something that actually feels good, okay? I don't want you to do the thing that's like, oh, I want the body that looks like this. Because, okay, if you have certain physique goals, you can do you, okay? In my personal experience and in my personal opinion, doing exercises specifically to get to a certain physique goal leads to a hyper fixation on the physique and, again, in my experience, a deterioration of mental health when and if you are not reaching those goals, right? For the purposes of this conversation, we're talking about moving our bodies to improve our mental health, to foster love and trust and confidence in our bodies, okay? I'm not talking about, oh, I want to be a bodybuilder. Maybe you want to be a bodybuilder, like you do you. But for the purposes of this conversation, that's not really what I'm talking about. The next thing that we can do to foster this kind of self-love is something that you've probably seen online called lucky girl syndrome. And if you're a guy, this still applies to you. If you're non-binary, this still applies to you, okay? Lucky girl syndrome is the idea that, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky everything works out for me. And it is not magical thinking, okay? I want you to eliminate that idea from your mind. It is not magical thinking. It is simply a perspective shift, Okay, historically, I am, um, I want to say a realist, (laughs) but I am, I'm very pessimistic. Like, let's be honest. I'm very pessimistic and it is, it is sad times for me. I am often looking for, oh, of course this didn't work out. I'm not very good at this. Of course this was going to, wasn't going to work out for me. But lucky girl syndrome is like, oh, this didn't happen for me, but something much better is coming. Everything always works out for me. This is so going in my favor. And when you start looking at everything that happens to you and for you as something that is happening for you, 
your whole perspective on everything in your life will change. Okay, this coming from a quote unquote realist, aka pessimist, like let's be honest. When you stop being so pessimistic, when you start believing that things are happening for you and being actually optimistic about an outcome, the way you feel about yourself changes. You know, you start to think that, okay, maybe I am deserving of good things. Maybe good things are coming to me. Maybe I'm worthy of these things. And you are. The next thing that I would like for you to do or not do is stop comparing yourself to other people. This is (laughs) genuinely one of the hardest things to do, especially like in the era of social media that we're in right now, because everyone puts their highlight reels online and we all see like so-and-so went on a vacation and this person bought designer shoes and this person got a new job and like here I am and I can't clean my house today or whatever. And it's so hard not to compare yourself to other people. But if you're comparing yourself to other people, first of all, understand that you are comparing yourself like your worst moments to someone else's highlight reel. So that's not a fair comparison. Secondly, You're on completely different journeys, you know? This person who just got back from a tropical vacation and bought designer shoes or whatever, like, that's their journey. Like, it doesn't matter if, oh, they might be struggling too. Like, I don't worry about that. Like, that's... I'm not going to rationalize the fact that I feel whatever by putting some imagined hardship on them to make me feel better. Like, they're doing these great things. That's awesome. That's over there. What's happening with me? You know, I need to stop comparing what's happening with me to what's happening with Susie over here. Susie's business is not my business. You need to worry about yourself. If you need to compare yourself to somebody for progress sake, like if you're trying to make progress in your own life, I want you to compare yourself to yourself. Okay? This is at your discretion though, okay? So for example, with my working out, I used to be very fit. Like a year ago, I was probably, maybe two years ago, maybe two years ago, I was probably the fittest I've ever been. Like I was shredded, I was toned, I had great endurance, great strength, and now I'm none of those things, you know? So comparing me now to me then is not really a fair comparison because I know all the stuff that happened in the past two years. I know all the health struggles that I've had the past two years. So that comparison is not a fair comparison. I'm going to focus on the present, right? But for example, with my driving, I know where I started with my competitive driving and off certain people how many seconds off of someone I I am and I can see over time how much closer I am or how much faster I'm getting and I'm comparing myself to myself I'm not really looking at oh James is this fast and I'm eight seconds off of him or whatever I'm not thinking about that I'm thinking about the fact like okay James had a 32 and I had a 36 a year ago, and now I have a 33. That's great. That's great progress. 
right? I'm not looking at the fact like, oh, I'm still not beating James. No, I've made incredible progress, right? So when you are comparing you to you, make sure that you are using your discretion and being like actually honest with yourself. Is this really productive or are you using this a way as a way to to beat up on yourself? Okay. The next thing is thinking of self-love as a practice and not as a destination. This is very important for me because I love, I love a to-do list, okay? When I complete a to-do list, like, there's no better feeling to me, genuinely. I love completing a list. So, if you give me this big goal and I achieve the goal... I'm like, all right, I feel so good. Awesome. But I'm still not happy. Like, that's not helpful. I see this a lot with particularly weight loss goals. Um, with people who are like, I'll be happy when I lose 20 pounds or whatever. But then you lose the 20 pounds and you're still not happy. It's because the happiness is not found in the destination. The happiness is found in the journey and in the progress that you're making and the habits that you're building. So in your weight loss journey, if you want to lose weight, if that's one of your goals, maybe the happiness that you're finding is, oh, my body feels better, like I feel healthier, or I'm not as tired after a workout, or I'm sleeping better, or I'm eating more vegetables, or whatever the case may be. To find happiness and peace in these habits and these little wins versus, oh, when I get here, I'm going to be happy. Like, no. Over time, as I'm caring for myself and loving myself and treating myself well, that is how I'm going to be happy long term. Like, this is how I'm building my happiness. The next thing I want you to do is know that you don't have to love your reality for you to love or accept yourself. This is difficult, Okay, this is difficult if there are specifically if there are things about yourself that you want to change. And we'll stick with the weight thing. Let's say you're at a weight that you don't like. Okay, whether you want to gain weight or you want to lose weight, you're like, oh, I don't like my weight. You don't have to be at your goal weight for you to love yourself. Okay, just like we just talked about, the, the journey is the thing, okay? It's not the destination. It's not, oh, when I finally am my goal weight, then I can focus on being happy. Like, no. Like, let's focus on being happy now. And you might actually realize that your goal weight is not necessarily what's going to make you happy. Like, maybe you think you need to be this particular weight because you think you'll be more confident or you think you'll be fitter or you think you'll be sexier, you think your partner will desire desire you more. Whatever the case may be, there are actually other things that you think are true besides, oh, I just want to get to this weight. Okay? So just understand that you don't have to be like, oh, I love where I am right now, so now I can be happy. Like, no. You can be like, you know what? I don't love these things about myself, but I can accept myself I can do good things for myself, I can do nice things for myself, and I can still work on my self-love journey. 
The next thing I want you to do, and this is one of my favorite, favorite mental health practices. I don't know why I love doing this so much. It's like, I love a good debate, you know? Um, And it's like a debate with me. I get to debate myself. Okay, okay. So I want you to challenge your mental narrative. How you do this? Super simple. So you're having a bad day and you, I don't know. Okay, here we go. Here's a good example. You're having a bad day and for instance, you crash your car (laughs) just randomly. I don't know who this might have happened to. And then your brain is like, oh my God, you're a terrible driver. You should not be doing this. I don't know who allowed you to drive this car. Um, you should never try anything new. You're not good at anything. You should stay home. Like the brain will go off. Okay. And I feel like my brain does this especially like this is a very learned habit for me mentally. Um, for a long time, I focused a lot on negative self-talk and it wasn't like, oh, I love talking negatively to myself, but that I just like let it happen and I believed it when it happened. But now, I challenge it. I'm like, okay, I'm not a terrible driver. I've been driving for competitively. I've been driving for 10 years. This happened one time and this has happened to a bunch of other people, not just me. Secondly, I should never leave the house again. That's ridiculous. Um, no one likes me anymore. Uh, no one wants me here. Quantifiably false. Okay. The amount of people that were so kind to me after my accident, making sure that I was okay, just checking in on me at future events, it was, it was truly heartwarming. And that's not like a phrase I I use lightly. And it proved to me that my, my challenge of my mental narrative was right. You know, the fact that my brain was just going off on this thing for many days, mind you, like I kept having this cycle of thoughts of like, you should never be able to do this again. Don't try anything new. Like this is ridiculous. Don't try anything new. Um, if I never tried anything new, I would not have made some of my best friends. I would not be doing aerial silks. I would not be where I am today. I wouldn't have the podcast. Like, are you kidding me? My life would suck if I never tried anything new. Life is all about trying stuff new. Can you imagine? And so, challenging your mental narrative and getting into the habit of challenging those mental thoughts, first of all, it's kind of fun because you can almost like, it's almost like gaslighting yourself. I don't even know how to describe this because I just made like gaslighting sound fun and that's not what I mean, but I mean like it's fun for me to Like, when my friends are like, oh my god, I can't believe this happened. Like, I'm so stupid. I'm like, you are not stupid. Are you kidding me? Like, girl, you have a degree. Like, you work with children. Like, all of these things about you. Like, I love hyping people up like that. And so, to be able to do that for myself, awesome. And I, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. It is hard to remember to do in the moment, okay? And I do encourage you still to feel your feelings. You can still feel upset for whatever it is that caused this moment. But when you're in the midst of the upsetness 
and you feel it starting to cycle, maybe this is when you break the cycle and you're like, okay, let's challenge the feelings, okay? The next thing is staying present. This seems so obvious. Like, this is on, like, every Pinterest board known to man. But uh, I'm going to give you another Pinterest quote, and that is, regret is in the past, anxiety is in the future. Just stay here. Stay right now. Listening to my voice. Whatever it is that you're doing right now is what's most important right now. Okay? Of course, we can make plans for the future. Of course, we can try to avoid bad things that happened in the past. However, dwelling on the past and dwelling on the future is not going to help us. And it's not going to help us love ourselves. Because ultimately, we're going to be so focused on these things that we cannot control. I can control what I am doing right now. I cannot control at all what happened in the past because it already happened and I can't control what happens in the future. You know, the future, it's going to happen. And frankly, the earth could be hit by a meteor tomorrow and there's nothing I can do about it, you know? So stay here. Focus on the here and the now and whatever you have to do to keep that focus, whether that's journaling, walking, Uh, meditation, whatever it is that's going to keep you in the moment, try doing those things. There's also this app called Laps that I really like. I probably should have put it in my loves. Um, It's like this disposable camera app and it's like the idea that we used to have disposable cameras and you take the picture and you wouldn't be able to see the picture until you got it developed. So you take the picture and then sometime later the photo develops and then you can see it. And that, for me, is a great way to, like, snap a picture and stay in the moment and not be like, oh, uh, I didn't like how my face looked in this one or, like, move a little this way or let me get the framing right. Like, it's just take the picture, stay in the moment, let's, let's keep it rolling. The final thing that can really foster self-love, and this is, like, my my hack, I think. This is the thing that... I think that people don't do or don't really talk about and that is get to know yourself as though you're getting to know someone new and notice the things that you do and the things that you say and how you react and notice them without judgment, okay? So for example, I'm someone who doesn't really like physical touch from people I don't know full stop. That's the observation. That's it. Notice that it has no judgment about who I am as a person. It's not, ooh, I'm so damaged that I don't like when people touch me. Or I'm so cold and heartless that I don't like when people touch me. It has no bearing and no judgment on who I am as a person. This is just who I am. Just how I would describe my dog. For example, my dog, he does not like hugs. He really doesn't. He'll let me hug him, but he doesn't like hugs. But that's not really a reflection on who he is as a dog, you know? He's a great dog. He's very friendly, very sweet, really goofy, just doesn't really like hugs, you know? So when you are 
taking stock of who you are as a person. And you're like, okay, so it's Valentine's Day and I'm single or maybe my partner's away or whatever the case may be. And you're feeling just a little bit lonely and a feeling a little bit empty on your self-love meter. I want you to think about yourself as you would think about someone that you're getting to know. How would you describe yourself if you were describing someone like on a blind date? You know, like if you're setting up someone on a blind date. So if I were describing myself, I would say, well, she's a little quiet until she gets to know you. She's funny, but her jokes have a little bit of a pause in them. It's like she's like thinking about them before she tells them. She has an interesting cadence to how she speaks. I'm not sure why. Um, she is, hmm, she's creative. She is a great listener. You notice these things that you would say about somebody that are like, these are, these are just qualities. You know, they're just things about me that are true, but they're not bad. You know, I think we think about our, our qualities in a very binary way. Either you're pretty or you're ugly, you're good or you're bad, you're, I don't know, you're funny or you're boring. And it's just like, you know what? I have a, a strange cadence to my speech. I'm not sure what that's about. I have a pause but before my jokes. I don't know what that's about. Like, I have certain things about myself that make me unique. And I think that knowing that these things are just me is really nice. You know, there are things about you, and I'm sure you can name at least five off the top of your head right now, that are just things about you that make you unique. And maybe they're not things that people notice right away. Like, I don't think people notice my cadence of speech right away. Not unless they're, like, talking to me for a long time or listening to my podcast for an hour. Um, but there are things about you that make you who you are. And it's our uniqueness that makes us so easy to love, you know? There are things about us that are just absolutely incredible. And I think it's so important to look at these unique qualities and appreciate them for what they are. So, this Valentine's Day, this year, this season of the podcast, I want you to embark upon your self-love journey or continue on your self-love journey. I want you to maybe meet yourself for the first time, like for real meet yourself. And describe yourself to yourself as though you're going on a blind date and appreciate and fall in love with all of these incredible, unique qualities that you have. And with all of that being said, we are about the end of our time together this week. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, you can follow the podcast on Instagram and TikTok at your so quiet pod, Y-O-U-R-E, so quiet pod. 
Don't forget to follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave ratings and reviews because I would love to hear from you and I will talk to you all next week. Okay, love you. Bye.